Should I co-sign for a loan? Closing a sale in 30 seconds and preventing laptop theft. All coming up in episode number 33 of the Taylor Merrick Podcast, sponsored by GoToMyPC. Welcome to the Taylor Merrick Podcast, the three-in-one podcast on finances, business, and technology. Podcasting to you from the studios of TaylorMerrick.com, located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Here's your host, Taylor Merrick. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Taylor Merrick Podcast. Welcome, especially if you are a new listener. Hey, if at any time you have any questions, any comments, any ideas, you can call our toll-free comment line, 1-866-TMP. 2860. As a matter of fact, we have a person that called in, and here it is. Hi, Taylor. This is David. I was um, I went on your website, and I was listening to podcast number 31 about net worth killers, product placement, and Appleton's dream, and me and my parents were listening to it, and we liked what you said. We thought it was pretty interesting. All right. Talk to you later. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Oh, thank you, David, for that comment. I appreciate it very much. Of course, it might sound a little bit broken up, and that was because he gave out some personal information that, for safety and security reasons, I'm not going to give out. So, but there's one person. Why don't you call in and leave your comment, leave your reviews? As a matter of fact, we just had a listener contest that wrapped up, and... I'm somewhat in the planning stages for another listener contest. Don't know exactly what the prize is yet, but it is in the works, so stay tuned to the latest to hear all of what's coming up. And you can also join in the conversation that is going on at the Taylor Merrick Podcast Forums. You can access that by going to taylormerrick.com forward slash forum. Also... There's a live Q&A that we have going on. You can go to taylormerrick.com website and click on the live button to see when new episodes are scheduled and to listen to past live episodes that were recorded. For today's episode, episode number 33, which has been sponsored by GoToMyPC, for finances you'll learn should I co-sign for a loan, for business you'll learn how to close a sale in 30 seconds, and for technology you'll be preventing laptop theft. You're traveling along on your business trip, minding your own business, obviously, when all of a sudden you realize something. You forgot your presentation you were going to show during your business meeting. And you you have your laptop with you and you remember you forgot your presentation file. It's on your office PC that's at the office. What are you going to do? Well, I have a solution for you. Instead 
of going and syncing up your laptop and transferring files and having files emailed to you and such, here is a new revolutionary process. It's called Go To My PC. It's Go To My PC. You have instant access to your computer from anywhere. The only thing you have to do is have your computer on and connected to the internet, and you can access your computer from anywhere. You could be in China, and you can access your file like you were there at home. Try go to my PC free with unlimited access for 30 days. Just go to gotomypc.com forward slash podcast. That's gotomypc.com forward slash podcast. Podcast. Try go to my PC today and see the results for yourself. Well, today in finances, it is should I co-sign for a loan? <laughs> the funny thing is, I just turned 18 a couple of days ago, and just yesterday, I was... I had a meal, and my mom said to me, Oh yeah, by the way, since you're 18, I might as well tell you about this. Do not co-sign for a loan, because you will be held accountable for it if the person that you had to co-sign for uh, defaults on it. And also because I've been going through it in some of my schooling material about that you should not co-sign for a loan, and I guess I take the same position. Question being, should I co-sign for a loan? My answer would be no. Do not co-sign for a loan at all, period, because you are going to be the one held responsible for it if something happens to the person you had co-signed for or if it defaults or anything. Now, if you want to co-sign for a loan, you can... Just be sure that if there is, that you have the resources to back up if the person defaults on it. But still, re it doesn't matter whatever it is. I would <laughs> just discourage against co-signing for a loan. Quite frankly, because you are taking all the risk. And also, yeah, scripture itself warns about becoming surety. 30, uh, probably breaking up the name, how you pronounce it, for another person. And did you know that partnerships are a form of surety? Surety. Eh. If I could find out the correct way to pronunciate it, I would. But this has been talked about in business also, but it can also apply to your personal finances. Did you know that when you co-sign for a person, you're actually entering into a partnership agreement? Did you ever think about that? And if you ever listen to my business talking, oh, what was it? One of my first couple of episodes, I think it was somewhere around five, episode number five, where I spoke about different kind of businesses there are. There's, of course, sole proprietorship which I would discourage against because you're going to be held for accountable and all your assets are at risk. And I also talked about partnerships and why not to use those and instead to go for corporations, whether LLC or S-Corp or C-Corp, 
for many reasons. You'll have to listen to that particular episode to get all the details on it. But, no, you should not co-sign for a loan. You're actually starting a partnership. And in business, a partnership is one of the worst things you can ever undertake. Now, I can see how you might want to say, well, you know, I know this person really well, and we're going to do great together, and, you know, this and that and other. But when it really boils down to it, every single partnership, just about, something has happened to that per- to another person, whether they took the money and skipped town, or they embezzled you out of money, or they ran up a huge debt, and you're the one left responsible paying for it. Both of you are taking equal risk for that business, and... Now back to finances, should I co-sign for a loan? It is the same thing. Co-signing for a loan, you're basically entering into a partnership agreement, and you are saying, well, you know, if you can't pay the money or anything, I'm going to take full responsibility, and I'm going to pay whatever debt there is on this co-signing for this loan, whether it is a house loan, a car loan, or anything. So it very risky undertaking and one I would highly discourage against doing. Now if you have any questions on this, I think you know our toll-free number. Take a pen, write it down, give us a ring as soon as you're done listening. 1-866-TMP-2860. You can leave a question or your two cents on this topic. We will be right back with business. This podcast is proudly listed at the best podcasting directory on the internet, podcastpickle.com. We now return you to your regularly scheduled download, already in progress. You're listening to the Taylor Merrick Podcast, a proud member of podcasterwhoswho.com, the who's who of podcasting. As for business, it is closing a sale in 30 seconds. And I'd like to thank Ray Silverstein from entrepreneur.com. I'll have this article linked to in the show notes for this. But he basically, he says, tap into a customer's hidden wants in order to win their trust and their business. Of course, those of us who are in sales are often consumed with one thing, the clothes. We've been trained to accomplish this by pushing those all-important features and benefits. From the moment we begin the sales process, our vision is focused on the end. But, you know, what if we have it backwards? What if the outcome of the sale is determined within the first 30 seconds of a presentation? And there's been books written on this. And this is a key period that decision makers often reach for the turn-off switch. Does this seem rational? Of course not. But buying isn't purely rational. It's greatly influenced by emotion. That's why it's essential to build a sales process around getting your opening gambit rather than your closing techniques. Or you might use small talk to develop a relationship or position a benefit claim. You might ask questions such as would you like what would you like to accomplish? You might even boldly announce your own hopes for the meeting and say this is what I would like to accomplish today. But if buying decisions are not made in the head, but in the gut, are these the best opening gambits? Now, most salespeople encourage buyers to talk about their needs, but an insightful salesperson 
will also interpret buyer subliminal wants. And across the board, it often appears that customers who share the same role, say entrepreneur, purchasing agent, or chief financial managers, share the same underlying wants. Now take selling to other entrepreneurs, for example. Many people assume entrepreneurs are driven primarily by the desire to make big profits. As you probably know, that's not true. Entrepreneurs are in a business for themselves because they might want to call the shots. True wants include being the boss, boss, ensuring the company's security and success, and perhaps passing the company along to a successor. Now, as a salesperson, you can subtly communicate to him that you understand his or her true wants and you can help achieve them. You stand a better chance of closing the sale. And so as you prepare for a presentation, think about the person you'll be presenting to and a role within the company. What are their wants? What's the fear or pain they try to avoid? Remember, wants aren't business goals. They're personal emotional desires that tend to be universal among buyers in similar categories. It's your at, to your advantage to prepare an opening strategy for each category of decision maker you come in contact with. Now let's take the purchasing agent. In general, purchasing agents need to get up to speed quickly on products and services that may be outside their realm of expertise. They live in a fear that they'll be overwhelmed with technical information they have no desire or time to master. So when you meet with them, present your product or service in an easily understood way. Avoid jargon. Don't try to wow them with your in-depth knowledge. Play to their want that your product or service is easy to understand and can be purchased safely without, sp without spill delving into mind-spinning education. By immediately demonstrating to buyers that you understand their wants, you'll increase their comfort level with you, which is the first step to gaining their trust. Once that is established, the buyer is inclined to keep an open mind instead of closing the door. Now, a word of caution, this technique can be tricky at first. It goes against our habits. As salespeople, we're trained to unearth the prospect's need so we can solve the problem with our product or services. But needs are rationally based, while buyers are emotionally driven. So satisfy the wants first. Both wants and needs. So, thank you to Ray Silverstein for that. And now you know, and you should know, and in case you forget, you can rewind and listen to it again, you know how to close a sale in the first 30 seconds. And articles in the show notes. And a little bit of background on Ray Silverstein. He's a sales columnist at entrepreneur.com and president and founder of PRO, or President's Resource Organization. And that is a network of advisory boards for small business owners. You can visit that at PROPRES.com. And. If you have any further questions on this, or you have something you would like to give your two cents on, you can call our toll-free comment line, 1-866-TMP-2860. We will be right back with technology. This podcast is part of the Blueberry Network. You can find this and other fine podcasts at Blueberry.com. That's Blueberry without the E's. This show is a proud member of the TechPodcast.com network. Find out more about this and other shows at www.TechPodcast.com. TechPodcast.com. If it's tech, it's here. Technology is preventing laptop theft. 
Now, of course, any law official can tell you this. Extra steps. And uh, thieves enjoy convenience, just as any shopper does. If your laptop is more difficult to pinch than the next guy's, it's the next guy who loses. Now, here are some tips to preventing your laptop from being stolen. First of all, mark your laptop. And I should probably do this once I get my laptop. <laughs> oh, the day when I can finally have a laptop. And I think you'll be the first to hear about it, too. I'll be so happy. I have a desktop, and I can't wait till I get a laptop. But anyways, off the beaten path again. First of all, mark your laptop. Either engrave your information onto your laptop, or use a tamper-resistant asset tag. After all, the best proof that something is yours is your name right there and a stolen item. Now, you can, also, you can use an engraving tool to literally carve your name and contact information. And some people got clever, and they write their names inside the laptop, either on the back of some removable door inside the battery compartment or other places a thief probably won't think to check. Now, if you're going to do that, use a Sharpie or other indelible marker. And you can get asset tags from most print shops. Tags peel and stick like any sticker, but you can't easily remove or damage them. Here's another tip. Don't use an obvious laptop carrying case. That carrying case with an emblazoned Dell logo or IBM logo, or whatever you have, isn't just a proud buyer appreciation marketing gimmick. Custom laptop case tells the casual thief that something valuable lurks inside. So instead, what should you do? Get a nondescript, soft laptop case that doesn't draw undue attention to your computer. Backpacks also make a good place to store your laptop. Another tip is to register the laptop and its software. Be sure to send in your laptop's registration card as well as the registration for any software you have. That way, if somebody steals a laptop, you can alert the manufacturer and software vendors and hopefully they care enough so that if somebody using your stolen laptop ever tries to get the system fixed or upgraded your registration information helps you locate the purloined laptop this trick assumes that the person fencing the laptop doesn't fully erase the hard drive so but be sure to keep a copy of the laptop's serial number and other vital statistics with you specifically in a place other than the laptop's carrying case that way you know which number to report to the police as well as the manufacturer Another tip, be mindful of your environment. When you're out and about with your laptop, stay aware of where you are and where your computer is and who will have access to it. And, as a matter of fact, we were just talking about this at my birthday party that I had yesterday. My 18th birthday party. My uncle was saying he went to Germany and on a business trip. And he had his laptop with him, and they were they, he went out to eat many places on a business trip, and he would take the laptop with him inside. And some of his co-workers would say, well, why don't you leave that laptop outside in the car? And to which he replied, what, are you crazy? You want me to leave it out there? Leave it a obvious uh, place to get my laptop stolen? No, I'm going to carry it with me so I know where it is. I know where my laptop is, and I can keep the file safe. So, do that. And if you're dining out, put the laptop in its case beneath the table. And if you need to leave the table, obviously take the laptop with you or ask your friends to keep an eye on it for you. Now, distractions are a good way that laptops are taken. 
here's a hint. If there's a commotion going on in front of you, it means that the thief is behind you and is going to take your laptop. Now, a commotion behind you means that the thief is in front of you. Thieves often work in pairs or groups that way, using commotion to distract you while they steal your stuff. Of course, another tip is you can use an old ball and chain. Now, your laptop probably has a hole in it or a slot. You can connect a security cable into it. That hole has an official name. It's called the Universal Security Slot, or USS. Now, it is designed to be a part of the laptop's case. See if you can't remove the laptop or any... You can't remove that device that you thread through it. He or she can only cut or unlock it to free the laptop. Obviously, the USS works best when you have the laptop in a stationary place. Like a bicycle lock, you have to park the laptop by something big and stable, then thread the cable through that big thing and the USS for the lock to work. Best place to find a security cable for your laptop is in a computer or office supply store. Don't buy it off of somebody on the street. It might just be a piece of plastic. And some cables even come with alarms. You can find alarms that sound when somebody cuts the cable, plus alarms that sound when anyone moves the laptop. So look into that, and there are, I'm sure, other tips that you can use to prevent laptop theft. Hey, if you have any that was discussed, that was not discussed on the show today, why don't you give your two cents on it? Why don't you give us the tip and your synopsis on it? You can call our toll-free comment line, 1-866-TMP-2860. And I'll be glad to hear what you have, and we'll post it on the show for people to hear. And who knows, one of these tips might come in handy to prevent somebody somewhere from becoming a theft to laptop stealing. <laughs> I know it's not odd, but this is a good thing to do. And always keep your laptop secure if you have one. And that will wrap it up for technology. Thanks for listening to this episode in the Taylor Merrick Podcast. Show notes for this episode and past episodes can be found by going to taylormerrick.com. If you have any questions, comments, ideas at any time, please call 1-866-TMP-2860. Don't forget to join in the conversation at the Taylor Merrick Podcast forums. I'm Taylor Merrick, and I will see you next week. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.